Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh. podcast the official Colts podcast I might add of fan-sided all right now before we get going okay this is for all the new fans all the Cincinnati Bearcats all the Yales all the Missouri States that are now Colts fans from for their fellow you know alumni if you're new here make sure you hit the subscribe button hit the like button Interact down in the comment section. We would greatly appreciate it. If you haven't already, we did sit down with Morocco Brown, the director of college scouting. We were able to sit with him after the draft, ask him a couple questions. Go check that video out. We got articles everywhere. Go to the website. It's down in the description below. You don't want to miss out on that. We got great content. We had great content over the weekend. Guys, it was a great weekend for everybody. But before we get into football, uh, I do want to give a shout out, not really a shout out, but really a rest in peace today earlier at my alma mater high school, Belton High School, a senior Jose Joe Ramirez was unfortunately stabbed. He passed away earlier today. I want to give a rest in peace. My condolences, my prayers out to the Ramirez family. It broke my heart when I heard it. He was a senior about three weeks out from graduation breaks my heart to see the uh, suspect is in custody, but I just wanted to give a quick shout out there guys uh, joined by us. Dustin Adams, Rashad McGinnis, big Rashad. First off, we got to talk Rashad. You were at the draft this past weekend. We got to talk about this suit that you had. All right. Oh my God. He, he, my guys, God. he, he keeps trying to play humble. All right. But, but well, what I'm going to start calling him is big bank. Hank. That's what I'm going to start calling him, Big Bad Hank, <laughs> because on this suit, you saw the tie. It had diamonds on it. He got the fresh cut. I mean, Rashad, uh, explain this, man. Come on. Explain what happened. Um, So I, I got a suit. I got a suit tailor-made, you know, for oh, tailor. an occasion like this. It, it, was a, it was a special occasion. You know, it's my first time ever going to the draft. The draft is in Vegas. You know, I just wanted to represent the brand. It was all for the brand. That's why I'm wearing blue today. You know, I have to represent the brand. I just didn't want to wear blue at the draft because I didn't want to look like some of my coworkers. 
that was there with their blue suits. So, you know, I decided to be a little different. And since it was in Vegas, I was silver and black. Yeah, I'm a Raider. So what? Man, Michael, <laughs> Rashad said, I got a suit. Uh, no, I mean, Rashad had to celebrate. Dude, dude had a little trifecta moment for uh, the NFL just this cycle, man. Got to go to the Super Bowl, went to Mobile for the Senior Bowl, went to oh, the yeah. draft. I know, man. Dude, dude's living his best life. I wish life. I would caught the combine now. I should have caught the combine. I would I was, I was there. I was there. So if we add See? that together, we're living through each other. Yours is a little bit better. That's a fact. We don't have to talk about it. Uh, me and Dustin I mean, have caught everything. Guys, look, 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 We've caught on. everything. Look at this. He pulled the fence out. I don't want to hear nothing about humble talk from Rashad anymore. <laughs> First off, I need to know something. Where, where, where is my just because I love you present? Because I know you got you got paper falling out the pockets and everything. You you out there. You I heard you even bought an alligator, like twenty thousand dollars. Come on, Mike. Don't do this. At least y'all know where our funding is coming from from the blue stable, guys. All right. <laughs> Anyways, guys, the draft has come and gone. It was an exciting week. Thursday was a little bit under under, you know, what's the word I'm trying to say? It was just boring. Colts fans but when it did get interesting for us is when we heard the Tennessee Titans traded away AJ Brown basically their best player or maybe Justin Simmons might have something to say about that but real quick uh, I want to get the guys involved here Dustin I'm gonna start with you AJ Brown being gone I mean you know what, what what do you think Rashad you know what actually Rashad give it to me man well, you know, since, I, like you said, I was at the draft. I was sitting in the media room when it happened, and you could just hear the whole media room erupted when that happened because nobody could believe it. I, nobody was happier than me. Uh, there was a couple of tight Source, Sources say Rashad went streaking. <laughs> Under that suit. But, he, but he, folded, he folded that suit nicely when it, before he did before it. I was, I'll probably be arrested. I definitely would have missed this show had I went streaking. But a I was sitting, in between his ass. <laughs> they had a couple of Titans writers that was um sitting at the table behind me. I just turned them turned around and looked them square in the face and said, "You guys suck." And they said, "Yes, we do suck. <laughs> we suck. We're stupid." Titans fans they, went through it, man. I don't know. Like, I was I was scrolling on Twitter the rest of the first round. Just going. Now, by day two, they were over it, saying that A.J. Brown was overrated and that he, you know, he had been, he had some off-the-field um, drama and blah, 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 trying to make up for it. But the moral of the story was, as soon as it happened for me, I was just waving, man. The rest of the night at the screen, every time I saw his face, it was just, bye, bye. <laughs> and I didn't care. But they traded. They're like, oh, we got Traylon Burks. Good for you. Bye, right. Jay. Bye. I'm not scared of Traylon Burks. I'm sorry. I think he's going to be a fine player, but I'm not afraid of I'm, him I'm not afraid of any wide receiver, especially 30-year-old Robert Woods, who's a solid player but coming off a ACL. I'm not scared of anyone there. Um, Chester now, Rogers? Now, Come on, now, guys. Now, real quick, Destin, don't say bye-bye yet because we play the Eagles this season. We're going to have to see I don't see care. Him. We're going to have to care. See. Hey. I'm just saying the Eagles got better. 
They got better, but this isn't an Eagles podcast, okay? Screw this. Okay, may, maybe uh, I would care if I, if A.J. Brown had somebody throwing to him, but I mean. Right, if Jalen Hurts wasn't their quarterback, they're going to be running the ball with all those receivers. Uh, but anyways, guys, now it's time to talk about our drive and where we got better, okay? It's time to talk about that. Can we talk about that? All right, let's start it off. So, came time a little bit. Number 42 came around. Oh, you're thinking there's some quarterbacks, wide receivers are there. Trade back happens. Colts trade back with the Vikings. They go from 42 to 53. Clearly, you know, there's that saying that in the second round, maybe you don't see the difference between pick 35 and pick 50 or pick 55. You don't see the difference there. So why not trade back, gain more capital? That's what you did. Uh, so you gained another third round pick that night, and the pick eventually became Alec Pierce, wide receiver Cincinnati. Destin, I'm going to pass it to you real quick. The Colts getting Alec Pierce, obviously, you know, it came down to, I think it was him and another prospect. I won't, I, I mean, not other prospects, but getting Alec Pierce, how excited were you for the pick and what could he offer, obviously, in his rookie year and then beyond? Man, I mean, I think the thing I was the most nervous about was just there was so much smoke around the Colts considering going quarterback in the second. So we get to 42. The clock's going for a while. I remember looking up, and it's like three minutes and 30 seconds left. And I'm like, man, if they don't know who they're picking, like, they, they got to be trying to trade. And then right away, the trade goes, trade back. And then the trade back happens, and I'm even more nervous that they're thinking quarterback because no quarterback's going. I feel like they thought they could trade back and get one of these guys, whoever it is they have at the top. So they trade back. And then I have to wait. They trade back from 42 to 53, so 11 spots. I had to wait 11 draft picks where all I was thinking was, are we really about to take a quarterback? We get there. Alec Pierce is there. Sky Moore is there. We end up going Alec Pierce. I, I love the Alec Pierce pick. I think I'm one of the people all draft cycle where I just felt like the fit was perfect in Indy. He can slide in, be that Z receiver for us. I think he can also play in that big slot area. His route tree, um, I think, is a little bit more advanced than some of the round two receivers, but still going to need some work, has the speed you want to be able to play in that Z role. I think it's a great fit. I think if you put him and Sky Moore next to each other, I may have taken Sky Moore personally. But I love the Alec Pierce. I love the fit here. I think he's going to be a very solid receiver. I'm very curious to see what it looks like day one and beyond. Um, but I'm a big Alec Pierce fan. If, I, I think in a, like a grade form, if I had to go, like I'd probably give it like a B plus, just because I think Sky Moore was there, being there takes it down from being an A for me. But getting the trade back and take Alec Pierce, great. Um, I, I just, you know, I'm going to take this time. To, to wave goodbye to a draft crush I had, you know, Christian Watson. I thought we was a match made in heaven. I thought, you know, I got Mike to come on board. Mike was in full support of it. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to the idea. But Green Bay snatched him up early second, man. So once that happened, you know, I thought it would be one of three people uh, between Sky Moore, Alec Pierce, and George Pickens, even though from what, I had heard, you know, about Pickens that I won't speak on. I was totally out on him by that time. I know Mike shared that sentiment and, and Dustin as well. So it really was a two-man. It was Scott Moore or it was Alec Pierce. But if this pick was made at 42 and it was Alec Pierce, I might be, you know, I might be a C-plus, 
B minus on it because you know Alex a guy that's still pretty raw. Um, and I know I used to talk about Christian Watson ceiling a lot, but Alec Pierce is another guy with a high ceiling as well. May not be as high as Watson's, but he he does he can develop into a, a bona fide number two wide receiver uh, in the NFL. So the trade happened. I was nervous. I was nervous as hell. But I always felt like Alec Pierce would be the guy, especially if they traded back. But I thought Sky Moore would be gone by then. That was the the only thing, because a lot of people had him sneaking into the first. And we know Sky Moore is is a lot more polished as a receiver than Alec Pierce is. I don't think he offers the upside totally that Alec Pierce has due to due to the size difference between the two. And and speed wise, they're pretty much in the same ballpark. I think I think Sky Moore is a little better on the short to in, intermediate game. I think that's where Alec Pierce still has to make his jump and elevate as the receiver. You know, a lot of his usage was on vertical routes. Not saying he doesn't have a short intermediate game. That's just not the way Cincinnati chose to use him. So I think once he get gets in with Reggie Wayne, a guy who will clean up his technique, his natural athleticism and his ball skills, the body control, the go up and get it, the speed, it, it's all there. So I was more than fine with the pick at 53. As a matter of fact, I, I, I damn this stood on the table in a Vegas media room and, and pounded my chest, but I didn't want to go to jail. So I, I didn't do it. So I love the pick, obviously. Like I said, whoever one we get, I'm going to be happy with. And I'm going to say that now. I'm happy with the pick. Alec Pierce, I remember watching, because uh, I was a big Cincinnati fan. I wanted to see where they go, if they could go undefeated. I remember watching that Cincinnati Notre Dame game. Alec Pierce was picking Notre Dame apart. He was beating them. He was getting the separation, making tough catches. Uh, wasn't getting the best ball placement, but he was adjusting in the air and getting a quarter or getting a catch. I feel like he's the type of player to where if he had a better quarterback, he probably would have been drafted higher. We probably would have had the chance to get a lot more on film. I remember the Alabama game. If it wasn't for Desmond Ritter's, you know, average. Uh, form and everything, low pointing the football and having the passes batted down. Alec Pierce was wide open that whole game. He was beating the zone. He was beating the man coverage. He was beating all that. And I and I and I like it. So and no disrespect, obviously, to Desmond Ritter. I still think he's going to beat out Marcus Mariota for that QB one spot this preseason. So whoa, I obviously, whoa, love. Whoa, 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 I don't want. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Hey, Marcus Mariota is not here. So screw him. All right. Uh, right so here on to the next pick now all right this is going to be at pick 73 i believe let me look at the notes here all right 73 guys welcome our new tight end one i i I wanted a tight end i wanted one and i remember some people told me no don't go tight end day two don't go tight end day two you gotta get him round whoa 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 you gotta get him round destin did you not tell me that destin did you not tell me that michael might be and you guys know this everyone listening michael might be michael might be the worst person when it comes to details he really might where he he just takes that he takes the details that? of an argument. He takes the details of an argument and says, oh, this is what Destin said. Actually, what was said, if we want to go back and play it back, is Michael was trying to bang the drum for why 42, we could go best tight end available. 
And I told uh, him multiple times that you, why take a tight end day on round two? Why? It didn't make any sense because you just give so much more production and so much a better shot even at tight ends when you are looking in that third round, the fourth round. I may have said that I'd be more willing to take a tight end round four than but two, did, where did but you the whole say? argument stemmed from Michael where, saying to take him in round so, two. Or so, well, yeah, I will admit that, yes, I was going for, for a tight end. But, but Michael, well, again, we'll, we'll wrap this up. We'll wrap details. this up again. But details, you can have details all you want, but you said what you said. Okay. Rashad, you were in that chat. Him and Jacob were coming, or Colts guy, 505, the, the guy that, um, you know, our, our draft writer, y'all know him on Twitter. Why would you go tight end round two? Get him round four. Get get better value. Like, did we, did we take Jelani Woods at round but, two? But I'll, I'll start talking about Jelani but, Woods. Hey, hey, I got it. I got it. And I've, <laughs> I've been pulling for tight end all season, all off season. Okay. I've been pulling for somebody who's worth a damn at tight end. All right. So Jelani Woods, six, seven, coming out of Virginia, already tight end one. As soon as he got the call, he was already the best tight end on the roster. Already. Already. Bro, you don't even have to step foot. In Indianapolis, you know, before he even answered the phone, he was already the best tight end on the roster. He okay, so realistically, I think he's already a better route runner than Mo. I think he uses his body better, probably because he's been playing. You know, he was well developed in college. Mo didn't get that in college. He went straight to the league. So I'll give Mo some slack there. But already. I think Jelani's better in the pass catching department. He's not even close in the blocking department with Mo Ali Cox. Um, but for me, I liked the pick. Uh, I didn't study him too much, but I do remember thinking like, damn, this dude is huge. He's a tight end. Um, but as soon as the pick came in, I'm like, tight end. Thank you. I like the pick. Good hands. Not ton of production, but even just watching his film, you see that he understands routes. He understands pass catch. He can pass catch. So... I, tight end one already. Are you with your mama? I mean, Michael is never going to get over the fact that he's a Mo Ali Cox hater. Uh, but I mean, Jelani Woods, a freak, man. I mean, right after the draft, we got invited um, to a little press conference with Morocco Brown. First question I asked was from the With the Next Pick series. There was a quote. For a guy you, that said, you do not see a guy that big, that good. I asked Morocco, was that about Jelani Woods? And he confirmed it right away. And that, and when you watch Jelani Woods, that's what you think. He moves very smoothly. Um, do I think he tested even better than he looked on film? I do. Um, I think Virginia started to let him look like a pass catcher and let him play that role, where at Oklahoma State, he wasn't asked to do as much. He didn't get to get on the field as much. A lot of blocking assignments. I think Jelani Woods, where he's going to excel at, in the NFL is he's freaky, man. Six seven, the way he moves, I think he's going to get red zone packages right away. Um, I think he's going to have to earn a little bit more to be tight in one snap counts, um, where I think Moali Cox is going to get that year one. Tight end, tight end is a rough position to come into the NFL and produce right away. It's just a proven fact. Very few guys do. Even Kyle Pitts, who was freaky, really took a little while last year to get going. Um, and that's just because the tight end position is a tough one. I think Jelani Woods will get immediate production in the red zone. When it comes to run blocking, he's uber aggressive on film. That's going to be something that will get him flagged early on in his career. Um, but those flags can help him later. Just a little bit of growing pains. Um, but he's a guy that tries to finish guys out of the tight end spot at blocking. That's awesome to see. 
Um, but you're, you're going to see your tight end get flagged a little bit when he does that. I'm excited for Jelani Woods. Um, we'll, we'll see how it all goes. I'm not going to go tight end one day one, though. <laughs> I'm going to go to training camp with Jelani Woods tight end one shirt, just so y'all know. Jelani Woods, man, uh, what a ride. You know, a guy that signed with Oklahoma State as a quarterback originally. You know, he, he won a state title in, in Georgia, and he was expected to go to Oklahoma State, you know, and, and, and become a quarterback. Once he got there, decided to tra- uh, change positions and play wide receiver a little bit, kind of like a big wide receiver, flex tight end, you know. And the, re- the way he went, the, um, the move to tight end is actually funny for those of y'all that don't know. Uh, Oklahoma State was get, preparing for a game to play against Mark Andrews, and they needed a guy on the scouting team to simulate what Mark Andrews can do. So they got Jelani Woods to play scout team tight end, and he tore it up, and he lit it up. So after he destroyed Oklahoma State's first team defense on a scout team, they decided to move, make the move full time. Then he transfers to Virginia, a, a team that used, utilized him the right way, you know, as a tight end, caught a lot of seam balls. He, he's not a precise route runner yet, but he is a bit more versatile than Mo Ali Cox, like Mike said earlier. He's very similar in his build, uh, 6'7", 253, ran a 4.61 at the combine, blazing speed for, that, for a guy that size, big hands, uh, catch the ball really well, high, high points to football. He's just, you need to polish his route running, his cuts, his end breakers, you know, all the short stuff that he's going to catch. He does that. He has potential to be something special. The athleticism is off the charts. That's going to be a theme uh, tonight as we talk about these players. All the athleticism is, is out of this world. So I think Jelani Woods was exactly what this coach team needed at the tight end position. I know some draft pundits say it was a reach. He went earlier than a couple of guys that they expected to go. I don't care. He was exactly the right fit for this team. And I think he's going to open up a new part of the offense that Frank Wright just haven't been able to run. And you can get something out of Jelani Woods that you've been wanting to get out of Mo Ali Cox for the last couple of years that you just haven't got with consistency. Yeah, like I said, I like the addition. I was I was excited about it. Wide receiver, tight end, first two picks. Ballard's doing it, man. He understands that he needs to get some uh, more weapons on this offense. Now then, this is the pick that you gained by trading back with the Vikings, number 77 overall in the third round. And this one was a tackle. Uh, Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan. I, okay, personally, at the time, I was disappointed in the pick only because I liked other players who were on the board but i did like the fit for the colts uh this guy was getting late round one early round two grades you know you know, I, th- I think it was a good a good steal of the draft already people are penciling him in for for left tackle i don't Mike, know you're why. not gonna I, like what i have to say i, I don't you're not know. gonna like what i have to say michael i i don't know why he's already getting penciled in uh for, for left tackle, good, bro, because he's good. Well, I could look good too if I played at me, Central Michigan. So, give me the mic. Uh, give, give me the mic. First, give me the hold mic. on, hold on, dude. 
I swear, man. Dude, this is Central Michigan, not Michigan. This is Central Michigan, okay? Uh-huh. All right. He played against dudes the size of Rashad at defensive end. Come on now. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Okay. But, but, he, but he is solid. He is good. You know, I think there was a theme talking about him and Braden Smith can combine for the shortest arms in the league. But, again, with Braden Smith, Ballard wasn't projecting him to be a tackle. He ended up being a tackle. Raymond, you could think of him as a tackle. Hell, he could beat out Pinter for right guard this this season or he just flat out beats matt Pryor. i'm not taking that out of consideration he could flat out embarrass him who's gonna look better in the fact that i like that you have quitty pay yannick and gakwe now you can truly see who's good because last year you saw the tackles tevy and davenport man they're looking all right turns out our d-line just sucked so now are you done I, hold on are, 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 you, are you are you are you are you done still solid he's still solid but he just got here he hasn't put in that work to be on number one on the depth chart. He's also oh, but Jelani scoring. Woods is tied in one. He's also but, but Jelani Woods is but, tied in one, right? Shut up. So, um, Matt Pryor's left tackle one. But one thing I do want to note: Raymond's already coming in at 25 years old, not 21. By the time it's his second contract, he's already going to be almost 30 years old. So, if he's not ready to go now. Former tight end, that athleticism, footwork that you want from a left tackle, at all, awesome. I will it right now. Matt Pryor is number one for me, but hell, Raymond can come in and blow him out the water. So I will say that right there. But solid, solid pick, great value. Are you done? So uh, I disagree with almost everything that was just said. I think Bernard Raymond was the best value and best pick of the entire class because of where it was. I personally had him at tackle five. I think he should have slid into the end of round one. Um, In my write-ups, there were two tackles that I circled. Both I didn't think were possible really for Indy that I said, man, these guys would be perfect next to Quentin Nelson. The first name I circled was Trevor Penning. The second name I circled was Bernard Raymond. He is a dog at left tackle, man. He's coming in with stuff that you're not going to normally get at tackle in the third round. His technique is is one of the best in this class. Very polished. The two cons that come in, he's going to have shorter arms, which the Colts have not really cared about when it's came to tackles um, amongst teams that some do. The Colts really haven't cared. The second thing is he's already 25. The, the already 25 thing almost is a positive to me because you're drafting guys all the time that are just not ready because of technical issues. And Raymond doesn't have that. His footwork. I love his footwork, his hands for being shorter arms. He engages earlier because of that. He makes sure to get the defender. You just don't see him lose reps very often. He finishes guys from the left tackle position when, when they took Raymond, that was the most excited I was for a draft pick the entire night. Maybe the only thing that bested it was when I saw the Colts trade into the end of the third because I was just, holy crap, they just traded into the end of the third with no fourth-round pick. So I was confused at what happened. But Raymond, I'm going to be honest with you, I think Pryor is going to have an uphill battle to win that job. I think Pryor has more cons in his technical issues than Raymond's going to have. And I like Matt Pryor. I think Matt Pryor would have been solid at tackle this year. I just really think going into camp, I would give Raymond the edge, man. I think he's a nasty kind of tackle. I think his technical work is just above Pryor's already, man. 
it's going to be a fun battle. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Pryor can't win it, but if you ask me right now to pick one, I think Raymond wins the job day in camp. I really do. Well, I don't really care what you think. Okay, so uh, look, you you said he finishes. Who did he finish? Let Rashad take the floor, man. Bernard Raymond, um, excited, exciting, exciting pick. You know, Ballard has never taken a swing early at the left tackle position, you know, like Dustin uh, referred to earlier, Braden Smith was initially taken as a guard. So we can't even count that. You know, it just so happens it worked out that way due to injury. We tried him at it and he exceeded expectations. So we left him there. Um, this one is Ballard's first early swing at a left tackle. And, and it needed to happen at some point. You know, you need, just needed to bite the bullet. I like Pryor. I, I think Pryor would have been a fine one-year stopgap. And he still may be. You know, but Bernard Raymond's he's polished, man. He's polished. I do think he needs to add a little weight, but that that's minor. That's minor. Uh, he just picked up 66 pounds to get to the weight he's currently at. You know, he had to transform his body just a couple of years ago in order to play left tackle. So I think that's to his benefit, though, because he moves like a tight end. You know, his feet is... He has awesome feet. And I think that's due to his arms being short. So he know he has to move quickly and get his feet up under him. He's not reaching for guys like guys with longer arms tend to do. They tend to use their arm length and rely on it to their detriment. Bernard Raymond doesn't have that. You know, he's going to square up. He's going to get his feet up under him. He's going to anchor down. He's a really good player, man. He's older. So he's expected to contribute a lot earlier than some of these guys. That's, that's projections and younger guys. But at the end of the day, if he does take the spot from Matt Pryor, that's not a bad thing, you know? It, it's not a bad thing, especially when you can kick – if Danny Pinter struggles, you can kick Pryor to guard, and he'll be perfectly fine. I mean, he was a guard, you know? That's where he has his most experience at. This line so, is ridiculously versatile. Like, that's, I, that's what not I'm getting saying. Ta- that's not getting talked about, but they, there's so many guys that can play tackle if needed, play guard. Pinter has center and guard I was about experience. to say, Pinter can like, slide to center. But, you know? like, but Destin, but Destin – Chris Ballard hasn't done enough. He's so cheap. He can't add talent. What do you mean this line is so versatile? Michael's upset fan voice is the exact same every time. And it, it's a talent. It really is. I don't know how he does it. It's the, it's same, the same voice, though. It's the same fan that, that he must every, hear. <laughs> every single time. But I'll, I'll let you keep going. But I just wanted to make that point. Like, it's crazy. No, I mean, it, it, I'm getting to the end of uh, what I had to say about Bernard Raymond because he he's such a talented prospect. I, I did have doubts about, you know, the level of competition, but I saw him at the senior bowl. I was there. I saw him look a hell of a lot better than people like Trevor Penning. That wasn't getting talked about. He had a better senior bowl. Without the character issues, which, I mean, I liked Penning. I circled him. I really did. There was some some stuff off the field that you hear about Penning that his personality, you're like, man, I don't know if I want that in the locker room, even if he's a nasty player. Sometimes you can be too nasty, you know, <laughs> and I think he teeters the line, you know, pinning, pinning I'm referring to. But no, Raymond looked better than him all week. And a lot of people who knew that they they said it, but they still was willing to take pinning because, you know, he's younger, has a bit more upside than Bernard Raymond, which is totally fine. And I'm glad that everything worked out the way it did. I know they, uh, some people say there was some injury, some medical concerns with Bernard and that's what caused him to fall as well. I don't think those are serious issues at all. But I expect this guy to contribute really early, man. And, and if he's 
a swing tackle day one. It won't be long before I think the coach just say, screw it, and let's get our best five guys out, out there on, on the offensive line. And we're looking at an offensive line with Braden Smith, Matt Pryor at guard, Ryan Kelly at center, Quentin Nelson, and Bernard Raymond. Yeah, again, I like it. I mean, if Matt Raymond comes in and he performs better, Matt again, Raymond, Matt Raymond, Bernard <laughs> Raymond, if Bernard Raymond comes in and has a better training camp and whatever joint uh, training camp they're going to have with whoever, and he comes in and performs better against Ngakwe, gets pay, start him. If he's better, start him. My only worry is what Rashad said. He needs to add weight. Do you see the powerful pass rushers we're about to face? Von Miller? Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, Chase have Young. You, have you have you seen Jeff like, Saturday? Have you seen Jeff Saturday nowadays? That that's Lyman a that, don't that's a struggle center. to put on work. Wait, that, they that, don't. that's a center. It takes Lyman time. Don't struggle. It look takes at Joe time. Thomas. Go look at Joe Thomas. Hell, like even that. Danny Penta. Danny Penta when he was tr- drafted, what was he like? Two sixty. He's like three ten now. So I bet thumbs up to the strength and conditioning coach. We'll we'll have all off season to talk about why Matt Pryor is better than Raymond and. You know, could have gone defensive tackle at that pick, but we'll we'll continue it, okay? Next is the kind of the pick that I think we all were not expecting. Well, I'll speak for myself. I wasn't expecting. I had the draft turned off. I thought we were done. But no, Chris Ballard trades up into the third round at number 96 overall, traded with Denver, I believe, right? Tra- trading with Denver. Yes, sending trade, a future pick, sending a, a future pick, a future, to a future third, future third. future third round pick. And I obviously getting that extra third or second from Washington obviously made that thing feel good. And Ballard talked about in that moment, he asked the room if he came out of the draft next year, would we take him in round two or three room said, yes, he had no problem giving up a, a third round pick. Nick cross from Maryland. I loved it. I loved it. I was actually kind of down that we didn't go defensive player at 77, but when we traded up and got Nick Cross, I was excited. I was hella excited because not only now you have Julian Blackman, Kari Willis, Rodney McLeod, and Nick Cross, you talk about talent and depth. I love it. Defense. Give Mike me Liz, more. Any defensive pick. Give just... me more. <laughs> I need more. I All need right. it. I need it. I, I love it. Also, a potential Kari Willis replacement one day. Good thing about drafting good talent. Sometimes you got to let stuff, stuff walk and you got to replace them. I think that might be what ends up happening, but I love it. In Maryland, I think he was kind of all over the place. The defense wasn't really that good. He had to cover up some things. Elite athlete. He can pass rush the angles he takes, pass coverage, run support. I love it, man. Y'all take it. I love this freaking pick, man. I love it. I mean, Nick Cross. So I heard early on when they made the visit to Maryland's pro day um, that Cross was a big reason that they made the trip. Um when you miss out on a guy like Matthew, who we preached all free agency, we thought he would just be a perfect fit um, in that Ballard-style defense. So then you look at the draft. What safety would fit that hybrid safety role the best out of just about anyone in this class that is in your reach? The answer is probably Nick Cross. Um, the, the concerns in his game that are going to come up, people are going to say that he get he got dusted here and there in coverage um, at Maryland. But 
Maryland kind of used him in a way where they set him up to fail on a lot of routes. Um, they kind of just put him back there as the line of defense where if this person gets dusted, we need you to make up the slack. Whoever it is, find it. Um, and, and that's a hard role. The kid's only 20 coming out, man. Like we, we, we talked about how we just took a 25-year-old in the, at pick 77. Cross is 20 years old getting, making the pick here at 96 uber fun athlete can play either safety spot going to be able to slot into that hybrid role and this has a ton of guys to learn from the pick is it's just a great pick i was shocked they sent a 2023 third to make it happen um but when we didn't have a fourth i was really confused on how we made the trade anyway um because when we didn't have any more thirds because i just didn't understand how they could make that happen and the fourth got sent um in the previous trade that they traded back in the first round, they went back um, to 53, got the third, and then swapped a fourth for a fifth. So they didn't have a fourth. They make the deal. I was shocked to make that pick go that maybe it brought the grade down a little bit originally. But Nick Cross is such a fun athlete. He's going to be perfect in this Gus Bradley defense, only 20 years old, going to be able to mold him. And I don't think Cross could have landed anywhere better for his skill set. It's going to be fun. He's going to be a fun guy to watch in camp for sure. Yeah, so to take you through my experience of it, after the Bernard Raymond pick, um, you know, um, me and a uh, guy, shout out Mason and Hayden, uh, we packed up our stuff and we left, man. Like we walked out of the media room, we left the Caesars Forum and we actually went outside. We uh, called the Uber and while I was waiting on the Uber to come to bring us back to the Airbnb, Mason was like, Holy shit, uh, the coach just traded back into the third round. I'm like, what? We would pick. And at that time, we was, was waiting, was checking Twitter to see, you know, what the compensation was. And then I said a future, I saw it was a future third. I'm like, that's pretty rich. Whoever this guy is, they really want this guy. And they know he's not going to be available. He's not going to come back around. But this is a guy that they're really in love with. So I was fine with it you know, with that being my mindset before the pick was made. And then it turned out to be Nick Cross, you know, a guy we're all familiar with. Uh, uh, Jake's in love with him, one of our writers for the website. Uh, talented, talented kid. Fastest guy, fastest safety at the combine. I ran a 4-3-4, I believe, 20 years old. Uh, the knocks on him, they talk about uh, sometimes his instincts is not exactly where, where you want him to be, but he's 20. Like Dustin said, you know, he was, he was playing most of those games at 19 and 18 years old. Started, started three years, I believe, partially into his freshman year. Early into his freshman year, he became the starter, caught a couple of interceptions. They had him playing sideline to sideline. A couple of times he was lined up one-on-one -on -one with guys like Jahan Dotson, uh, why would you do that to him? You know, why would you put him in a position like that and expect him to succeed? Maryland defense was terrible. They had no idea how to use a guy like Nick Cross, but he still was even productive, even with all of those things working against him. It's no doubt in my mind that he can be a top-notch safety. I love getting safeties in round three. The way the league is, is, is turning, you know, safeties, you can get great safeties in mid-rounds. You know, you don't have to take the, the fastest guy, if you get a guy that can process, has elite processing ability and physical skills, then that's a diamond in the rough. You know, we saw it with Julian Blackman, a guy that nobody really expected to come in and produce right away. And, and he was productive immediately for us. Nick Cross has that same type of ability. Now, I don't think we would need him to produce right off the bat. Due to our, our safety room, you know, it's pretty deep. 
We have Willis, we have Blackman, we have Ryan McLeod. You know, I think Nick Cross can soak up a lot of game from those three guys. And the sky's the limit because he's more physically gifted than any of those guys. So if he's just able to put it all together, he can be a special one. Definitely, guys. This was my favorite pick in the entire class. This was easily my favorite. Obviously, Pierce probably would have took the cake. Woods would have took the cake. I just love this fit, man. I, I really do. And it seems like Gus Bradley's voice is being heard in that front office. I mean, you're seeing the defensive additions trading up in the draft. And that leads us to our next draft selection out of round five, 159 overall out of Missouri State. Performed at the Senior Bowl, did pretty well. Eric Johnson, defensive tackle, solid, solid. The athleticism. You already know Ballard. He wants those athletes in the middle of the defense, pass rushing, quick get off, you know, endurance, cardio, whatever the case may be. Don't get tired, whatever the case may be. He performed well. I didn't study him way too much, but I remember going back to the senior bowl, uh, some of the senior bowl tape that I was able to find. And he had some really good penetration on some, you know, against some guards and some centers that went round one, round two. He had a really good senior bowl, and I really like this pick. Good length. I I like it. it. It was solid. Man, I mean, Eric Johnson plays with, like, a whole other gear than you see from defensive linemen usually, man. I mean, small small, small school kid, uh, Missouri State. Um, I think this was probably the first pick when it happened where I was like, man, there, there were just other guys I really, really would have liked. Um but I knew they were going to leave this draft with interior defensive linemen, and I knew the guys that they were looking for to take those spots, they wanted to have juice. They wanted those guys to be juiced up, ready to go. I mean, again, like we, we've heard the defensive line coach now talk about it. I mean, he wants these defensive linemen to stop the run on the way to the quarterback. Um, like we're going to be playing with such more aggression out of the defensive line to the point where a guy like Eric Johnson just fits and why they kind of let some of these other guys walk um, this year. You watch Eric Johnson's tape, it's against some smaller school people, but then you throw on some of his reps at the Senior Bowl, and, and the kid's fun, man. The kid, the kid fights with like 110% of him, always going. Um, it just seems like a Ballard defensive lineman. He does. Like when you watch his tape, he, he's going to end up probably being the lowest graded athlete from this entire class, and that's kind of hilarious um, because he ended up with like a 976 um ras or something like that something crazy um ridiculously athletic class eric johnson i think is going to be a lot of fun i think he's going to have a lot of fun at training camp i think he's going to be a name that people are just keep saying um because i think at training camp he's going to work some of these backup offensive linemen yeah uh, like dustin said a great great size you know six foot five almost 300 pounds he moves really well for his size you know he's a guy with a great great motor uh, went to a smaller school so uh, you know it's harder to project what he can do but had some great reps at the senior bowl you know uh, uh, like Dustin mentioned earlier I had a chance to go down there and I saw some reps against a guy that went in the first round Cole Strange and I saw Eric Johnson actually win a couple of those reps, you know, and Coach Strange was somebody who had an excellent senior bowl. That's what shot him up a lot of draft boards and, and a lot of people fell in love with him. But Eric Johnson is a guy, I think 
he's a big, bigger body type guy, a guy that they needed that they was missing from a traditional defensive defensive lineman, defensive end, uh, D tackle, wherever you want to use him. I think he's versatile enough to play inside or outside on early downs. He he's good against the run. I think he'll be a productive player depending on how you use him. I do think it's going to be difficult to make this team though. You know, uh, there's a lot of guys that's going to challenge him for some for those defensive line spots. But I'm interested to see what he brings to the table, man. Definitely, guys. This draft class, I mean, Destin said it, the athletes, everybody, I think Eric Johnson was the lowest graded on the RAS system. Obviously created by a friend of the show, Kent Lee Platt. Shout out Kent at Math Bomb. Um, great, great work that he does over there, man. Just disappointing that he's a Lions fan. Maybe not. Maybe who knows? But of course, moving on here, Uber athletes everywhere. Now, the next one is a- Andrew Ogletree. Ogletree, round six, 192 overall, tight end. This is a guy that I don't didn't know too much about. Uh, know that he performed at the Hula Bowl, one of the all-star uh, games the you know NFL you know puts on and everything for these guys to showcase their talent. I think he had two touchdowns in that game, showed some really good athleticism, had a good jump ball. This one, I really think it's just like a can he produce on special teams or hell, can we see something in training camp that he can fight to make the practice squad? In my opinion, I, I don't know if they're going to carry tight ends, four tight ends on the roster. We know they're going to carry tight ends, but I don't know if they're going to carry four tight ends. So I, I really like it in terms of athleticism, betting on traits. You know, is he going to find a spot on special teams? Can he get something going? Can he separate himself between maybe him and Colin Granson, whatever the case may be? But so, solid, decent, great athlete. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Ogletree kind of reminds me of if Jelani Woods would have been coming out as a draft prospect his freshman or sophomore year. Um, similar size, both uh, started out in like a receiver-type role, ended up changing to tight end while in college. Um, Ogletree also transferring um, from his first school, both being smaller schools, ended up at Youngstown State. Didn't really produce much in college. The Hula Bowl, um, like Michael says, kind of where he was able to show off that athleticism. Um, a person, any team that was going to draft him was going to be drafting the traits that he had. Um, and if you ever hear Chris Ballard talk, I mean, they definitely draft for traits. Um, production in college is cool. It's a nice bonus. Um, but they're always looking for the traits that translate to the NFL because production doesn't always translate. Traits usually do. Um, so Ogletree to me almost just feels like a man. If Jelani Woods busts in round three, we took two stabs here. What are the odds both of them don't work out? Um, it it kind of felt like that to me. Um, it was probably the lowest graded pick that I would give. Um, I would have doubled up at receiver in this class before I doubled up at tight end. Uh, like Michael said, I'm not sure they're going to end up keeping four tight ends. And it just feels like we're bound to end up cutting him and making that it swoon to that practice squad. But again, he has those type of traits where you could have a team snag him if you cut him to try to get to the practice squad. It's, it's tough nowadays, man. Teams look at those cuts to get to the practice squad way more than they used to. Um, Ogletree was a questionable pick for me, but I mean, he's fun to watch when you, when you see him move, even if he's not making plays in college, he, he has those traits and size that can translate to the next level. 
Yeah, Ogletree is a guy that that that's extremely athletic. You know, especially for his size, he looks quick out there. I know he's a bit of an older prospect. I, I believe he's 24 years old. Uh, he'll be 24 years old by the time the season starts. Um, I'm not mad at it. Uh, I, it's a couple of other things I wish the coach would have did. I wish the coach would have uh, maybe took uh, took a chance on a on a physically gifted corner. You know, the one of the corner that has an upside or a wide receiver, especially, you know, maybe one of the smaller guys, since you went and got a bigger guy, I thought you would double up with a smaller type receiver. Maybe, maybe he played at Rutgers. Yeah, that went to Rutgers, you know, little guy. You know, his name rhymes with uh, Helton. But he's, uh, you know, Ogletree, I'm, I'm not mad. If, if he's able to contribute on special teams, that would be a big boost for him. You know, that would give the coach incentives to carry four tight ends instead of three, but we know pretty much Granson, Moelle Cox, and Jelani Woods is, is locks. Ogletree will have to, he will have to show something special, a specific skill set, and give the coach a reason to carry four tight ends. If not, he'll probably be on the practice squad and be reserved, be a reserve guy. You know, in case one of the other three guys go down, he'll be able to come in and fill a role. But he, but he's not a bad player at all. So I, I'm not too mad at the pick. I'm more mad at the position addressed than the player himself. So real quick for Destin, uh, you think Ashton Doolin has some competition at Gunner with Ogletree now? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know about that. Doolin's uh, I mean, <laughs> du, du, pretty good at what he does. Um, I, I could see him trying to find some sort of role to keep him on the roster. Because again, if you cut him, you just know you never know. They took him in the sixth round because the sixth and seventh round, what people call those, is just getting your priority free agents first. You, you get in there before the having to negotiate deals. Um, so, so they must have looked at Ogletree, looked at um, some of these other picks we're about to talk about, and they really wanted to just beat the line, basically, in a sense. Uh, so Ogletree's the type of guy, if you cut him, he has the traits. I don't know if he makes it to your practice squad. That's the biggest concern I had with the pick is I understand the high potential, but other teams are going to get that too. And some of these worst teams are going to be willing to keep a super raw tight end on the roster just to see. Definitely, definitely. Next, guys, is going to be the last pick of the 2020 in 2022 NFL draft. And that is going to be in round seven. There's two more. We have two. We have two more. We have, oh yeah. Actually. Yeah. We, Your second favorite college football team, Michael. What's my going second? On? I, I don't know. By the way, he should not do no type of Photoshop. Did you see that? Well, photo that, 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 that we, we've got with our people. We're, we're, we're going to try to get him something else. Cause Curtis right. Brooks, Curtis Brooks, who's the next pick um, Curtis Brooks, D line Cincinnati. I hope you didn't do that Photoshop yourself, but I also do hope it is because if someone professionally made that for you, um, they're not your friend. They don't care about you, Curtis. They don't care about you, Curtis. And I, I just, I'm sorry. But Curtis Brooks, man, I mean, I'll, I'll just start it real quick, but I have no idea, idea how he was there in the sixth. I mean, I understand, like I said earlier, production is something that some schools and some scouts are not looking at as much. But Curtis Brooks has got to be the most productive defensive lineman that went in the sixth round this year. There were times in Cincinnati where he looked like the best guy on the line, just very consistent, always fighting. And, and now he has the chip on his shoulder to add to that fire he already plays with. I'm pumped for Curtis Brooks. Curtis Brooks was probably, was my favorite day three pick. Um, uber athletic, 
Also a guy who I think can play on the interior, slide out to the exterior, a little bit smaller, um, which is why some teams probably passed on him. But the Colts like to play that little bit smaller on the interior at times. Curtis Brooks can play either defensive line spot interior-wise. I think he can play on the outside and be the bigger end at times. He just plays with a fire you're not going to get all the time on a day three guy. And he just has that swagger to him. He, he played good – he played against good competition on the offensive line in college, even as a day three guy. I'm excited for Curtis Brooks, man. If Raymond was the most excited I was on day two, <clears throat> Curtis Brooks was the most excited I was on day three for sure. Super, super productive guy um, in college. To give you an idea of, of how they feel about him, Luke Fickle, the head coach for Cincinnati, said that Curtis Brooks probably was the defensive MVP of that team. And that's a defense that had Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant on it. Kobe Bryant, who's a Thorpe Award winner, and Sauce Gardner, who was a top four draft pick in his same, very same draft. Like, that's how talented this guy is. And that's how versatile, because they asked him to do a lot of different things. You know, you see him penetrating, penetrating, getting penetration on run, on run plays. He has a, lot, a ton of tackle for, tackle for losses. He, he gets up the field as far as sacks. And that's a guy you want in the attack front, a guy that's going to get up the field in this new Gus Bradley scheme that he's bringing to the Indianapolis Colts. I can't see this guy not being productive with the time that he gets on the field. As long as he develops a couple of more counter moves off his already set moves, this guy has the ability to produce. And I see him being definitely being a rotational player early on. If he gets some snaps, don't be surprised if you see this guy has similar to what Taylor Stallworth was doing for us last year and a couple of other guys that, that in the years prior. So I, I expect big things from Curtis Brooks, man. I know he was a seventh round draft pick and a lot of people may have thought this guy was going to go earlier. This was a very good pick for the Indianapolis Colts. Great value on this guy. It's probably the, the best value pick that they had. Yeah, I like Curtis Brooks. You know, obviously the praise he got from Fickle. The best player on a college football playoff team, especially, and you mentioned all those good players, but what you didn't mention was the linebacker Beaver who went earlier yeah. in, in, in the draft. He was also a solid player, but Curtis Brooks, obviously, nice, solid pass rusher. It will be interesting to see if Nate Ollie, what is, what, what is he still like as a defensive line coach? None of us know. Can he develop? Can he get these guys going? One thing that I have officially learned that I'm going to start looking at uh, in future drafts for Chris Ballard, not only athleticism is priority, but motor, 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 motor. I mean, that's what Grover Stewart, that, when they watched his film, that's what popped off to him. When they watched Ben Bandigo, that's what popped off to him. Quiddy Pay, he talked about the relentlessness. Obviously, Dio last year, they talked about the relentlessness. Motor, motor, motor. Every single time you talk about a – Defensive lineman for Chris Ballard, motor, 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 every single time. And I'm pounding this little uh, wire right here. But other than that, guys, obviously solid. Man, Ballard, he was a closeted Cincinnati Bearcat fan this year, apparently. Uh, obviously bringing on Michael Young uh, as an undrafted free agent. But we're going to get into the last pick here. Rodney Thomas the second out of Yale. Picking up the playbook should not be a problem for this guy. Uh, incredibly smart. What is he going to do? You know, has that sub package uh, safety, maybe some linebacker built to him. When I look at his build, 
I don't know. I don't want to go too far fetched. I'm not even going to mention his name. I don't want to embarrass myself, but he, the build reminds me of a certain guy that went a few years past in, in the first round as a safety. The athleticism, special teams, special teams, special teams. DB, what is he going to be? Corner, safety, linebacker? No one knows. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Colts website uh, personnel listed him at a, at a corner right away. Um, the funny thing about him is every single site that I would just be reading up on had him listed at a different position. CBS Sports had him listed at linebacker. Fox Sports had him listed at safety. ESPN had him listed at corner. The the draft, when you, he was announced, he was announced as a safety. The Colts put him at corner. Um, just a versatile piece. And again, what I said with the sixth and seventh round, it's just a lot of beating the line on these undrafted free agency guys. He's a guy who played three different positions um, in college, played the linebacker spot, played both safety spots and corner. So, I mean, you could argue that's four different positions. Um, I'm really interested to see what they do with him in camp. Um, he's the type of athlete where I could see them just trying to see if he works anywhere. Um, the thing that's interesting about this class is the Colts came into the draft pretty slim on roster number. We're, we're pretty good a ways away from even hitting 90 and we've signed a ton of undrafted free agents. It's going to be a fun year competition wise. There's going to be so many guys competing for spots who normally wouldn't even be in contention for them. And I'm really interested to see what happens there. Um, but Rodney Thomas, fun guy, really athletic, which duh, you know, you, we couldn't go a non-athlete to end the class after how it's been so far. Um, so Ronnie Thomas, Uber athlete, multi-position guy, screams a Ballard type pick. And Oh, by the way, he went to Yale. Really, really smart guy. I'll leave with that off the fact that he went to Yale. Um, this pick has, has Marvell tell kind of vibes, you know, that a guy that was used as safety, maybe a corner, uh, versatile enough to play linebacker and be productive from multiple spots at at that Ivy League level. Now, we know it's a big jump in talent that he's going to see. It's going to take a lot of time to develop into a player that's actually going to get defensive snaps. Uh, best bet for him is to come in here, work his tail off, and contribute, find a way to contribute on special teams. We all know how much the coach values special teams. They would keep a guy off of special teams ability alone. So if you can find a way to, to excel at that, you'll find a way to, get, to be kept maybe on a practice squad or maybe make the roster as, as, a, as a specialist. Definitely, guys. And that was the Indianapolis Colts 2022 NFL draft class. Now let's get into the actual undrafted free agents. Now, earlier... You know, I can't remember. I think it was Destin or it was one of you guys that mentioned it's going to be fun. It, it was Destin. It's going to be fun. Guys are going to be competing for roster spots. Hell, I know kind of technically this happens, but there's going to be guys fighting for practice squad spots, in my opinion. So let's go. Uh, we're focused on undrafted free agents. One guy that we're intrigued by, that we're excited by, who we think have a chance to get on the team i'm kind of stuck between two players so as i make my decision i'm gonna start off with you Dustin. yeah so this is a guy who if you guys kept track of my three mock drafts that i put about a week apart before the draft started of guys i heard the culture in on and guys that i thought could be stabs there at the late rounds 
Um, it, it's Devontae Price running back out of FIU. Um, I think the Colts really like where they're at running back wise with a backup for Naeem Hines um, and Deion Jackson last year from, from Duke. Um, they like where he's at. I think that's going to be who they want there. I think they're going to end up keeping four running backs. And I think Devontae Price, who's at 6'1 and a half, 215, and ran a sub 4'4", 440. Come on, man. Has the traits you're going to want. Has the big body to be able to make guys miss. I liked his tape. Um, coming out of FIU, I think there's some questions on how actually he's able to use that speed. Um, but if he's able to learn that, he can be a fun guy just to be able to take a snap here or there when Taylor and Hines need a breather. And I, I, that's my favorite um, sleeper of these undrafted free agents, personally. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Ryan Van Demark. Uh, they gave him a huge signing bonus, guaranteed one seven five, one seventy five salary. Yep, one hundred and seventy five k, which is a, a ton of money for an undrafted free agent. And that's what piqued my interest on him. I was already familiar with him uh, watching Connecticut for a couple of reasons, but he's a huge guy, you know, six, over 6'6", six, six, uh, 307 pounds. I know the Colts went, went out there to see him, and they was very intrigued with him, thought they could get him in the late rounds. We was talking about athletes. He had a RAS score of 9.3 or 9.4, something something to that nature. So he just fits right in with the, with the rest of the draft. You know, as far as being an athlete, I think he can find a way to sneak on his roster, man. This is a coach roster that, and he's totally opposite from Bernard Raymond as, as the short arms. You know, he has 35 and three-fourths inch arms. So he is very, very long tackle, a guy that maybe can be moved to guard. I don't know if he's strong enough yet, but he definitely has the footwork and the ability to be developed for a couple of years. And who knows, you know, maybe maybe he decides to get moved to right tackle and be Braden Smith's eventual replacement with, with a bunch of develop with a lot of development. We'll see. I'm, I'm legit shocked you didn't take take your boy who, who made the practice squad. Who? Who's that? Oh, I'll, I'll let Michael go first. I'll let go. I'll let Michael made, go first. I made my decision. I'm going to go with Sterling Weatherford, safety from uh, Miami, Ohio. This is Wait, a guy I didn't, that I, I didn't know Sterling. This is news to me. Hey, there you go. Hey, and for anybody else who this is news to, we'll we'll go ahead and drop a link in the bio down below in the YouTube video um, that has our little undrafted free agency tracker from the bluestable.com. Plug plug. Go ahead, Michael. Ah, I see it. Yeah, this is a guy that I mean, in this entire draft, there are guys that fell that we did not think would fall and Sterling Weatherford, you guys were even talking about him as a potential four or five round pick, maybe even six round pick. He didn't get drafted at all. So he comes to Indianapolis already to a filled room. But I asked this question, could the Colts legitimately keep five safeties just for depth purposes? Hey, I think we, the, but Chris Ballard had to watch Sendejo play significant snaps on his football right. team last year. So he's finding he, every he, excuse not to, oh, not to we, get in that we might keep again. We might keep 15 DBs. I, I ain't putting nothing past nobody. I, I, I'm all for it. Depth equals production. Depth e – I mean, I just like it because, again, I honestly forgot that he didn't get drafted, but when he news came in that he made 
the list of undrafted free agents. I'm like, bro, what? This dude should have been drafted. Now, obviously, there's a little sweet spot of being undrafted free agent. Now you get to pick where you go, looking at the weak rosters, your position group. You know, could you make it there? Can you make some noise? Whatever the case may be. He's walking in possibly the deepest position on the roster. And that's crazy. He's ready. He wants to compete. I'm all for keeping five safeties. That means bye-bye Armani Watts, who just got here, signed as a free agent. Bye Sterling Weatherford. I, I still can't believe was not drafted. He's an indie now. Um, I, I'm stuck. I, I really think we're probably going to keep five safeties, and I love it. Rodney Thomas, you're out of here. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hold on, Jack. Don't you come back now, all right? <laughs> Sterling Weatherford. Let's yeah. not get ridiculous now. I like me some. I like the build of Rodney Thomas, all right? Let's not get No, Rodney Thomas is going to be extremely, extremely and they, good. And, they, I think and the team listed him at corner. The team listed him at corner right away, too. Yeah. That's good. That's important. Rodney Thomas, That's CB2, important. CB2, Rodney Thomas. Here we go. Uh, I think he's going to be my new Isaiah Rogers, I think, possibly. Yeah. Oh, no. Your I'm new a... Isaiah Rogers, and you're trying to take his spot. Man, that's that's his hurt. Right. CB2, CB2. All right, guys. Well, I think I think that does it for this show. The draft was fun. It was a fun weekend. And, again, I, I real quick before we head out here, I do want to ask this question. I did probably want to ask Morocco Brown this question, but I don't want to get, like, pushed to the side or anything by anybody or by him. But are you surprised that maybe they didn't go quarterback in the third round because Ritter and Willis were there. Even when they traded back, they were there. And me personally, maybe you would have got them. Maybe you should have got them. Obviously, I was that way pre-draft. But the entire league sent a message on how they view these quarterbacks by not selecting them. Atlanta, I get it. Tennessee, I get it. So I'm, I'm just curious of what you guys think about that. I think it had a lot to do with just so many people were passing that I think other teams just who don't even need quarterbacks right now probably just made the decision that they're going to go get these guys that they don't know will be there because these quarterbacks are just falling. I think it, it's just one of those things when the fall starts, that's the scariest part because you never know when it's going to stop. Um, I mean, Malik Willison's up in Tennessee. Wasn't the happiest about that, obviously. Um but I think they've really just got a sense ever since Matt Ryan's been in, in Indy and been in the building for mini camp and everything like that. They just have a sense. This is going to end up being a two to four year investment instead of they, I think they know right now that they feel like it's a two year minimum. And I think they probably think it's like a five year maximum. And I just don't think they felt the need to do it this year. They went, the, they went other routes. They decided to build around them instead of get them a successor. Yeah. I, I told you, Mike, we wasn't taking a quarterback. Hey, you were scared on draft day. You were scared. To- I was a little nervous. I was, I was a little nervous. <laughs> I'll give you that. You were steady. We ain't taking. We ain't taking no goddamn quarterback. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say when I uh when we was talking about the Cincinnati trip, the trip to Cincinnati at the made. I said they ain't gonna see no goddamn Desmond Ritter, and I ain't gonna lie. I was nervous as hell <laughs> when the coach traded back, and then they trade. This was when they traded up in the third for the Nick Cross pick. I was like, holy, it's about to happen. They're about to take Sam Howe, and I'm about to commit suicide. I would have cried. I would have cried if it was Sam Howe. Definitely would have cried if it was Sam Howe. But they could have took your boy, 
They could have took your boy. Corral. I would have. I would have. I would have cried if it was Matt Corral too. Just different reasons. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, just if you paid attention earlier in the draft process when people were saying these quarterbacks were not good, that was the truth. You know, I know they got dr- driven up later in the process, like they always do. But these by teams the wasn't media. Fun. Yeah, by the media, right? These teams were set though. They minds were made up. Yeah, they did uh, some extra work on him just to reassure themselves that, okay, I have this guy in the third round. Let me see if he changed my mind with a visit. Nope, he's still a third-round guy after the visit. And it the writing was on the wall. It was a bad draft class. We said it all year leading up to this point. It's not until one or two months before the draft, everybody decides to change their mind and forget what they've done and what they've said and what they've studied the whole year. And start to say, well, you know what? Maybe that guy can't play, or maybe this guy can't throw the ball. It, they didn't go for it this time, and I don't know if y'all have the stats on it, but this was—I don't know if I've ever seen this draft where one quarterback goes in the first round, first two rounds. But yeah, first two rounds. Actually, as soon as it got to the third round and they weren't taken, I officially knew, like, okay, the league is sending a message. No, I mean, if, even if they don't need quarterback, teams could still go quarterback. They still easily could have gone quarterback. And as soon as that happened, I'm like, all right, Colts, maybe if they're there in the fourth round, obviously that was before the Nick Cross trade. Uh, All right, if they're there, take them, probably. So I enjoyed that uh, draft process. I enjoyed it. I think we got better, especially day one production-wise. I think we upgraded a little bit. Now, I'm not saying Jelani Woods going to go 800 yards. Alec Pierce going to go 900 yards. Right. I ain't saying all that, guys. Let's table the expectations. But for the overall trajectory of the team, bro, this is – I, I, I enjoy it, guys. I enjoyed it. I'm still – I'm a highlight now, Rodney Rodney Thomas II, as a my guy, as a my guy. Still I, I like baby. it. Yeah, there you go. Guys, it's going to be fun. Once again, uh, before we head out, obviously, we're going to have some links down below to the latest articles we have on the show. Also, there's going to be a link to our new newsletter that we're going to send out every week. You guys can subscribe to it. All you got to do is just click the link, just type in your email, confirm your email address. If you don't get it, if you're not getting them, they'll be sent out every Monday. Check your check your junk or your spam folder. I know a couple of people have reached out. They've said, oh, I'm not getting it. Hell, it even happened to me. It was in my spam folder. So check your spam folder, Blue, the Blue Stable Weekly Newsletter. Check that out. It has all kinds of updates, when we're recording, when we're dropping, articles, interviews, all the good stuff, guys. But do it has it pictures out. of me in it? I think uh, I need a monthly like photo well, section in it. We're trying to attract people, Rashad. We're, oh, okay. we're not trying okay. to you know, deviate them away. If you Rashad guys, will wear his suits. Rashad will right. wear his suits. If you, if you got a Speedo picture of you in Vegas, I think, I think the ladies will love that, alright? So... Uh, <laughs> oh, <hey>, man. <laughs> Close we the got, time, right? We, 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 got, off the rails. we gotta go. We gotta go. I think I exposed one of Rashad's deepest, darkest secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys. He is Dustin Adams. He is Rashad McGinnis. I am Michael Pevia. Thank you for your following. Thank you for your support of Destin's draft coverage, of our draft writer Dalton, his draft coverage. Huge shout out to our writers who did great job this whole draft cycle, guys. Thank you. 
for following along. We got great stuff planned. Again, the Blue Stable's going to training camp. Meet us there. We'll keep you updated with that again. Subscribe, like, follow, and we'll see you next week. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.